Well, hello, hello. This is Lance Osborne, and you're listening to Above Average, the podcast for big families. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'm here with my really good buddy, my good pal. Bobby, what's up? How's everybody doing today? There he is. There's Bobby. And Bobby is accompanied by two really, really extremely special guests for the show. Very, very special. And they are not children. They're not children, is, yeah. Which would be special. <laughs> that would be special. It would be very difficult to do, though. <laughs> Actually, if you listen closely, you might hear that we do have a special guest in the background. <laughs> if you, you have to listen. Well, I don't know. Let me be quiet for a second. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Steve. No, it's William, my nine-month-old. Bobby's nine-month-old. But he has nicknames, including Steve. <laughs> Steve, uh, Professor Toby. <laughs> Deef One. Deef One and B-Jumps and uh, B-Dose. Wait, wait, wait. We just heard the voice of somebody new on the show. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, let me introduce you to, well, first of all, I have two guests. And the first one I'd like to introduce you to is my lovely wife, Catherine. Catherine, would you say hello to everyone? Hey, guys. This is Catherine, Bobby's wife. Yes, yes, my awesome counterpart, and I will. Lo- I would love to introduce everyone to uh, Lance's wife as well, uh, Sarah. Will you say hello? Hello, hello, everyone. Oh, she says hello, hello, just like me. See, I was going to say that. That is your. That's your thing. That's your signature. You know, I, do you know? You know where that comes from? I think where subconsciously. is that from? Because I've, I've been meaning to talk to you about I don't know, that. Hello, the Beatles. Hello, thing. hello goodbye. They've got the, you say goodbye, and I say hello. Right. Hello, yes. hello. Of course. I don't know. Huh. i got to link it back. Well, I think, I think it needs to be your thing. What okay. do you think? Let's proclaim it as my thing. Like you have to, I mean, do you feel like you should start the show every time? With, Does Ron Seacrest say something like that? Uh, he used to close his show. What do you say? Well, something like Seacrest out or something, but I don't know. <laughs> Seacrest out. Yeah. So what are we here for? Uh, oh, well, I guess we could... Give, well, why, we're all together. This is cool. This is super cool. Like we're we're live in person. Well, we're not live live, but we're in person. The four of us, um, because the Osborne family comes down and hangs out with the Earhart family, who also comes up and hangs out with the Osborne family when they come to visit us. Right. We go back and forth. We do some of this stuff. Uh, uh, you've heard us before if you've if you've heard previous episodes. Bobby and I have talked about how close our families are. Uh, it's. Something that's really important, really near and dear to our hearts as patriarchs, as, as the father figures of the family and as the mother figures of the family, for our families to stay close. We've got a bunch of kids who are really similar in age, and uh, they are tight. They've been good friends for a while, and we want them to continue to be tight and continue to be good friends. So even though Sarah and I, we now live up in Kentucky, about two and a half hours north of where Bobby and his family live here uh, south of Nashville. Moved back. <laughs> we, we moved away, and... Uh, we felt like we were called to that. So we went ahead and kind of heated that call, but it was really back. Yeah. 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 So we had to go back to the promised land of Kentucky and we've actually asked the Earhart's to come up and, and move. (laughs) I mean, what's keeping you in Nashville? Someday we will convince them to move with us and it'll be all happy again. I don't know. I think that we are going to convince them to move back. What do you think, Kat? Totally. Yes. But, I know they're really happy back at home with their family in Owensboro. We are. We are. But in the meantime, we do this, what, every six weeks, eight weeks? Yeah, actually, I wanted to tell that story. Uh, this was really, this was Sarah's idea. Sarah, do you remember us talking about this? Shake your head, yes, and then I'll give you the mic. I do remember talking about it. We were talking about how we need to hang out and make sure that we that we get it on the calendar. And so um, knowing how busy we all are, we took a look at it and we said, we need to do this regularly. Like we should just say every so often. And I was like, well, what if we just do every six weeks? And that means somebody only has to travel every 12 weeks and we still get to see each other on a regular basis. And so far, so good. Pretty yeah. good. We had one hiccup and that was not really a hiccup. It was Easter, Easter weekend. And that was hard for anybody to travel. Right. Remember? Yeah. Right. But I think having that committal, that commitment of, hey, we're gonna, we, we're going to make this happen, whether it's quarterly or every six months or whatever we would have picked, right? I think it's important, and it's really working out for us. I mean, we, we see each other more than just, you know, the random text message back and forth or email back and forth. We certainly have friends like that, and we still love them, and they're still 
close to us in the sense that we could pick up where we left off, but having been gone, we've been gone for what, a year now, Sarah? Yeah. And it's very different seeing somebody in the flesh. It's, it's valuable being able to FaceTime with somebody or email or Facebook and all that stuff that's out there. But man, actually sitting down with them and letting our kids play together and having dinner with them and praying with them or whatever all that stuff looks like, it's, it's really important. It really turns into the relationship. Well, and I think committing to it also helped the time from just getting away from us, from, from not just getting away from us. We, we could have just let it just go and been like, oh, yeah, we need to see y'all sometime soon. But this way, like we were very intentional knowing that it's been a while and we can't just let it get away from us. Be like, oh, yeah, we'll do that sometime. Yeah, absolutely. So far, so good. So Bobby and I, we talked about this a little bit. We said, hey, we're going to be hanging out this weekend. Why don't we go ahead and record an episode of the podcast? Why don't we sit down and what topic do you want to cover? And it was Bobby's idea. He said, why don't we pull the wifeys in? You want to talk about that a little bit, Bobby? <laughs> the wifeys? The I wifeys. Like <laughs> yeah, no, I thought that, you know, I've, I've mentioned before on the show that I enjoy, uh, you know, a few different podcasts. And uh, one of the things I really enjoy is when I sort of get to know the hosts a little bit and a little bit more. Uh, about who they are. Yeah, you and, have mentioned that. Yeah, it's it's one of my things, uh, and I, I'm hoping that 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 there's some value for the listeners to just get to know us a little bit more. Um, now, it, I think one thing we'll talk about for sure is the idea of this being above average with uh, three or more kids when we're all together um, with Lance and Sarah on their fifth kid, and us having four. Uh, we bring nine kids together and four adults, and it is, I'll say it, I've said it before, I'll say it again, beautiful chaos. You remember us talking about that, Lance? I just call it a party. <laughs> yeah, so, sometimes that's one, it's that's one kind of a party. Sometimes it's the most fun party that you've ever been to. Other times you're like, uh, where's the door? Right. Yeah, well, you guys arrived uh, earlier this evening, and I know that uh, at least two of us were counting the minutes to bedtime, but um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in a lovely fashion. Um, so anyway, we're all here, and uh, I guess we're in, in Nashville, and uh, enjoying our, our time together, and we thought we'd record the show and introduce you to our wives, because they really are the ones that make the world turn for a big family. And we thought we could let them tell you a little bit about themselves, but also just what it's like to be uh, a wife and a mother and a big family and the madness of it, the beauty of it, uh, the pain of it and the joy of it all at the same time. So, um, man, that's a great synopsis. Um, you know, uh, we do want to go ahead and jump in, but I will say to kind of preface all that stuff, we're hanging out in Bobby's living room. Uh, we, we're using a couple of mics between us. I've got the mic in front of me. Bobby's holding another mic for himself and our wives. Um, we're, we've talked about this. Go listen to the intro if you haven't already. That's episode zero uh, where we talk about, hey, Bobby's not a professional sound guy. I'm not a professional oh, sound guy. Oh, come on. Okay, well, Bobby tries to be a professional sound guy, <laughs> which is why he sounds so excellent on the mic. But it's more about the content. This is more about what we're trying to execute. This is more about the the beauty of the big family and talking about some of the struggles and talking about some of the awesome things of the big family. Going through that. And so we just want to share some of our experiences and all that. But, you know, just in case you hear a kid cry in the background or in case one of uh, in case our seven year old walks down and says, what in the world are you guys doing? Why are you talking to this microphone? What is happening? All that stuff. Um, there's a little bit of context on that, but we're going to go ahead and jump in. Uh, one thing we wanted to do was talk about a little bit of just the background. Um, we'll let Kat jump in. Uh, Kat, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, how you and Bobby met? I mean, just a, a quick kind of overview and how long you guys have been married. Yeah, and I do want to say real quick before I give the mic to Kat, uh, William has stopped crying. How does that make you feel, Catherine? Relieved, big time. We've That's been a battling, battling bedtime with our with the baby for the past uh, two hours. He tends to know when there's a party going on, so we got through it. Um, okay, so Bobby and I, we have been married for eight and a half years. It'll be nine this summer on June, so seems pretty amazing. It's gone by that quickly. But Bobby and I met uh, when we, we both went to the same church, and so we met through youth group. Uh, Bobby doesn't prefer that I say that he robbed the cradle, but 
he did. <laughs> we met when I was 16. He was 20. Uh, parents, my parents, of course, wouldn't let me date a, a young man that much older than me. So we did, of course, have to wait it out till I graduated college. But it was, it was green light from there. Yes, we're going to edit that out, right, Lance? Nope. It stays. Sorry, Greg. It's part of our story. It's part <laughs> of our story. Um, but we actually do. We uh, were involved in Life Teen. Uh, was our the youth group that we were involved in, and um, and that's how we met. Awesome. Well, let's pass it over to Sarah. Sarah, uh, I mean, I know this, so it's weird to ask you. So, how did you and Lance meet? I mean, I I know the backstory, hopefully as well as you do, but uh, I I want to hear it from from your perspective. Well, Lance was the cute guy in the band. He was the older guy, of course, as well, but not so much older than Bobby and Cat. He didn't Lance didn't quite rub the cradle. About two year uh, two, about two grade two levels. Year, yeah. About a year and a half age gap, two grade levels. Um and some of my other friends had some crushes on Lance and a couple one of them had dated him, but after they were all done, I kind of had a crush on him, and one of my friends told him, but that made him very also interested, I guess, and apparently he thought I was cute, and I guess the rest is history. We dated some in high school and some in college, and um, and we've known each other for a long time now. I guess I was 15 when I met you, and so that would have made you 16 and a half. You'd just gotten your driver's license, such a cool dude. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we we talked about I mean, this recently at this that, point uh, that I've known you longer than I haven't known you. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you hit that threshold, it's man, it, it's weird. It's, it's almost like I can't remember life before you. No, I mean, there's very little life before Lance. <laughs> it's funny looking back at pictures and every now and then we'll come across one where I was too young to have known Lance before that. And I'd be like, oh, you didn't know me in middle school, but you did after that. It feels like I've known you forever. But we have been married for eight years. It'll be nine in September. And yeah, I mean, every now and then that comes up and it's kind of crazy that it's been that long, but it's been fun. Awesome. Thank you for, for sharing some of that stuff. Kat, why don't you tell us professionally what you do? Because obviously you guys are busy moms. We're busy dads and everything. But just hearing some of that professional background, because while there's so much glory and so much benefit and so much beauty in being a stay-at-home mom, neither of you guys are. Yeah, I, I do before I give the mic that's, again. That's so you know, weird when I go, what I have hey, to do. Catherine, no, what's listen, your job? Listen, and then I everybody, I just got to tell everybody, Lance, that I think Sparks were in the room a second ago. You guys telling every, everybody your story. You looked at each other. You guys met eyes. This It was really neat. So I'm going to give the mic to Matt. That's what it's like Kat. every night in the Osborne house. <laughs> I just want you to know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, these guys are a mess. Um, yeah, I am a mostly stay-at-home mom, but I also am a pediatric nurse. I work at Vanderbilt Children's Hospital, and I work night shift. A lot of my friends ask me all the time, how are you able to work nights with four little kids? I don't know. I think it's a lot of God's grace and really good babysitters. So um, I do. I work one night shift a week at Vanderbilt Children's Hospital, and I really enjoy it. Does it make me um, a better mom? Probably not, only because in the sense that when my kids get injured or hurt, I'm like, eh, you're fine. I've seen a lot worse than that. And I've had a couple friends say, actually, I think they need stitches um, one time. So uh, sometimes I wonder if being a nurse is a uh, benefit or a detriment to my children. Um, but we do. Or my husband's pointing to himself that he's not sure if it benefits him because I don't have the best uh, bedside nursing skills with my own family, perhaps as I do with my patients, but I do really enjoy it. Um, it, it gives me some nice, um, you know, time to interact with other, other grownups when it's been a long day, perhaps, um, putting out fires and spending time talking to little ones. It's nice to kind of go to work and spend some time with some friends and enjoy a coffee on my way in. Yeah, and it probably does lend to Catherine being a boy mom. We like to call it, she, we like to joke around that she's a boy mom because we have one little girl and three boys, and uh, it's easy for me to be like, when a boy gets knocked or scratched or bumped, it's like, come on, man, suck it up and drive on. And uh, so there's the, uh, the the bedside manner works perfectly for the boys. Here's Sarah. So I am also not fully a stay-at-home mom um, at the moment. I have done any variety of working full-time to part-time to now. I work three days a week um, as a pediatric nurse practitioner. Actually, let me stop you right there. 
You and Kat both worked. That's right. We used to, um, I used to work at Vanderbilt Children's Hospital as well. I started there and Kat and I both worked there. We didn't cross paths very often, but it was really crazy when we first met that we found out we worked at the same place. Well, yeah, that's the um, reason I want to interrupt you is that you guys both worked at Vanderbilt Children's. Yeah. Bobby and I both worked at the Lampo Group and it was, we, we both went to the same church. It was just this interesting intersection of everything. And it's great looking back now, you know, hindsight four or five years ago, whatever it was, of going, oh, that was so cool that our paths crossed in multiple ways. And now look how close we are. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely a small world kind of thing when Bobby and Lance met and started talking and realized that Kat and I both work at the same place too, even though we didn't see each other at work much. It's still, you know, kind of a small world story. Cool. So both of you guys are in the medical field. And both of you are in the pediatrics field. It's not like you're just, you know, an, an x-ray technician or whatever, where you're working with all age groups. So what's it like, especially because we both have younger children, our Sarah, your, our oldest is seven. How is Ava? Seven. Ava seven. Ava is seven. So she's right there. And you guys are working with a, a group, Sarah, you as a nurse practitioner, you're working with zero, eight, zero to 18, essentially. Kat, what's your, what's your age range that you're seeing? Same. Yeah. Zero so to it's 18. about the same. Yeah. So you guys are constantly seeing I, on a regular basis. You're seeing kids that are around your same age and the, of, of the kids that you have. What is that like when you're working with that? Because if, if I'm talking to Bobby from a desk job perspective or a quote unquote, you know, hardcore business perspective where you're in sales or marketing or business ops or any of that stuff where we're, it's in that business world, right? It's in that business frame of mind. What's it like when you're working with kids for an eight hour shift, 10 hour shift, 12 hour shift, and then you come home and guess what? You're working with more kids, except it's just a little bit different because they happen to be your own kids. What is that like? What are, what's some of the overlap that you're seeing when you're working with kids? Now I know you're trying to heal sick kids essentially, like that's the general idea or try to trying to keep them well and your kids are hopefully well most of the time, but still there's some overlap. Like it's just interesting to me that you're working with kids 24 hours a day. Right. Yeah. Um, I do think, and I see this when I go into work, the way that some of the nurses that I work with who are just single young professionals interact with the children and then how I interact with some of my patients being a mom there, I sometimes approach a lot of my patients, um, I guess just with, um, I guess a tenderness perhaps, because I guess as a mom, I can kind of project what it would be like if my own, if that was my own child there and what their fears might be or their insecurities. And then some of the younger nurses that I work with, they are great at, let me sit down and play a game with you. Cause you might be feeling lonely or scared of being in the hospital. And I'm, you know, and I'm thinking, well, man, I wouldn't want to be <laughs> playing games with my kids at home. I got dishes to do, but I sure can swaddle you up tight and love on you and kiss your boo-boos, that kind of thing. So I would say that it, it is, it is different. You know, these are and the parents are there and they're not my own, you know, children, but I, I guess I can kind of approach it looking at those children and, um, with through a little bit of a mom's eyes and, trying to think, you know, if this was my own child, what would make them feel good in this moment? And just trying to keep perhaps that frame of reference. All right, Sarah, you see kids in more of the, uh, the office scenario. So instead of the hospital scenario where they're there, and I'm guessing it's probably a little bit more crucial, right? Like something's going on, whether it's surgery or what, what floor are you on? What kids are you usually working with? It's a general pediatric. So yeah, they're definitely, if when I see them there in the hospital and they're spending the night, whether it's one night, two nights, they maybe have been there for a week. Um, and we kind of see a little bit of every, everything. So it could have been a surgery or could just be that they have a pneumonia, that kind of thing. So obviously there's some similarities there with what Sarah is doing. Uh, she, having done that before, you were on the post-surgical floor at Vanderbilt, right? Correct. But now you're in the office situation where you're seeing a bunch of kids and I would guess in a lot of cases, I don't know, give me a percentage, how many of those kids are doing well and you're just making sure that they're rocking and rolling as opposed to you're trying to fix them? Uh, well, depending on what kind of thing you're talking about fixing, maybe 50-50, yes, the, you know, well checks versus sick. But the sick that I'm seeing, um, you could also say it's more like probably 
80 or 90 percent well they're rocking and rolling maybe 10 percent i'm sending to the hospital yeah. or watching really closely they're coming back the next day because i'm actually worried about them um the sick kids that i see for the most part at this point are not as acutely ill as one, the ones that are in the hospital yeah I'm, well i just think that gives us per, some perspective on hearing who cat is working with versus who you're working with and again coming back to you see one kid at a time, maybe two kids at a time if you've got multiples or whatever it is. I've heard some stories from you. But then you come home to your big family. What is, what is that like? I mean, it's super interesting um, to to see lots of different family dynamics. You know, sometimes you've got the whole family in and there's lots of kids bouncing around in that tiny little room um, because we do see some big families too or, you know, people coming in with their very first baby, their very first time. Um, and so it's a wide range and it, it makes it, to be a very interesting job because every day is different and every kid is different. Um, I feel like as a mom, just like Catherine said, there's a little bit of extra empathy there for whether it's first time mom or the mom who's got several kids at this point and in different ages um, that I can really hopefully help relate. And then I can learn something from some of these moms too that have older children sometimes Um but it is interesting working all day, bouncing around with different kids all day, in and out of rooms all day, and then coming home and doing the same thing with my kids. <laughs> Some of it is um, very... It's very rewarding knowing that I'm not alone in some of my struggles and also knowing that I can empathize with other moms when they're having struggles and, you know, their three-year-old doesn't want to eat. And I'm like, you know what? Neither does my three-year-old. Like, I totally get it. But it is a phase and it will pass. And um, and that's nice that I feel like I have that and I'm in the trenches with some of these moms and can really explain that, like, I know all the textbooks say it's normal, but I'm also telling you that I'm experiencing too and it's normal. Right, right. That is a crazy dynamic. You know, I've often thought about that, about our wives, Lance, and how they go. You know, I'll tell my kids, you know, when Catherine has to work, I'll say, you know, mommy's at work. And they say, well, what does mommy do? And I just, to keep it simple, I always say she, she takes care of the babies. <laughs> now, granted, it's it's much more than that. But um, I've always, I've often wondered how that dynamic works and how you can be, uh, unattached and attached at the same time, uh, you know, when you're when you have to go in as a professional versus a mom, and how much of that crosses over. So, thanks, ladies, for sharing that with us. So, um, we're excited that you guys are with us, and we're going to put you on the spot a little bit, and you, you guys can do your best. But uh, a couple questions we're going to ask you, and I'll tell you both, and then we'll answer them uh, separately. The first thing: What's the best thing about being a mom of a big family? Now, I'm sure there's a lot of great things, but uh, can you think of one or two things? Catherine or Sarah, want to jump in here? Sure. Okay, so best thing about being a mom of a big family, you know, I feel like I'm just coming into what people would quote um, big family. Just recently I was added to a, you know, large family Facebook group, and I thought, oh, I feel like I get to wear a new hat now that I'm being deemed as a, you know, a, a mother of a large family. You crossed and, the threshold, right? Yes, I did. And uh, I don't even know who invited me, but I was like, somebody knows that I have, you know, now have these, you know, my fourth baby and I get to be in this, you know, this cool club of big, large families. And actually even just being a part of that group has been very eye-opening of kind of the ins and outs of large family life. I feel that... When I go out in public, <laughs> those can be some of my worst moments, and those can also be some of my most proud moments. And I'll just touch on the most proud moments because I think we all know what the worst moments would be. We can all have, we can all think of our own stories and think of, we will never go back to Walmart during nap time or dinner time or after breakfast <laughs> or, <laughs> or you know, with all of our brood uh, in tow. Um, especially when one likes to lay on the bottom of the cart that has our daughter with long hair and can't tell you how many times we have run her hair over in the wheels of the cart. Ouch. Ouch. Big time. Um, so, but some of the proud moments have just been knowing that when I go out in public, just the recognition that, um, we are wide load, like, you know, I kind of, in my mind as I'm going down an aisle, I'm thinking wide load coming through, you know, wide load coming through because typically we've got the big carts, you know, that has the, um, the two, you know, bucket seats for the kids to sit in, which then makes your, the actual cart where you put your food in completely out of your reach. So you're walking around to put everything in it. 
but an awareness that there's a chance that we might be getting noticed. And this is my opportunity to express in my uh, body language and in my tone of voice that I'm enjoying this scenario or that I'm you know enjoying my children or they could look at it and be like, yep, she looks like she has her hands full and looks like she's kind of miserable. So I try to just not fake it, but just realize in those moments, like this is an opportunity for me to just enjoy my children and try to share that with the people that might be, we might be interacting with. Uh, I love to make Lucas on the spot, my our five-year-old, if we're walking into a store that doesn't have automatic doors, to say, oh, Lucas, you know what, there's not, you know, will you go open that door for that, you know, for that woman? Or can you, um, you know, hold the door open for mommy in my cart? And so just to give him opportunities to kind of shine in our little large family dynamic that I, we, it, it takes teamwork, you know, I need his help. So I guess, you know, kind of, so best thing about being a mom in a large family is, I guess, just recognizing that uh, we're, can, sometimes we can be a force to be reckoned with and um, to try to share that, through the good times and the bad times, there's a lot of joy in our family life. And those moments that particularly when we're out in public are moments to um, kind of let that shine. And we also have moments where it doesn't shine so much. But I like to try to think about the good ones. Yeah, that's great. I uh, I know that going out, <laughs> you mentioned when to, when to go to Walmart with the kids. The answer is never at this point. <laughs> I don't know when that when that happened. Maybe when we had three. Uh, now we have four, and yeah, it's it's. Uh, Catherine and I used to be like, hey, let's do a family trip to Walmart, and now one of us, you know, because we got to do some shopping or something, not because we like to hang out there, but hey, if you like to hang out there, that's cool too. Uh, at any rate, I now it's kind of like. Yeah, you know, how about I'll stay home with a couple of the kids, you know what I mean? Or usually we just pull up to the entrance and Bobby's like, all right, I'm going to let you run in and I'll sit in the car with the kids. And he circles, Red team, go, he, go, go. He go. circles the Walmart parking lot for however long it takes. And he usually is timing me because he likes to time everything. Now, do you guys do what Sarah and I do? The Costco trip or the Sam's Club trip, Sunday, usually after mass, after church, we'll oh, go there. Oh, yeah. And it's a big deal. It's a big event. I don't know if the kids enjoy it as much as we do, but I love loading them up. We'll get two carts. We'll go through. We are a two-cart family. That's right. (laughs) And people look at you, and most of the time they smile, but it's just really fun. Like the two parents and the bunch of kids, and you're just going, and it's like, right now is my time. It's my time to shine. Not going to lie. The samples help with that experience. (laughs) I got to say, Costco or Sam's are great because their carts are bigger and you can fit more kids in them. Oh, great point. Yes, yes. You can actually put a few things in the cart with the kids in those cases. And the carts are free, which is something we're not used to lately. (laughs) We've been doing a lot of shopping at Aldi. And if you haven't shopped at Aldi, you've got to pay for your shopping cart. You pay 25 cents, you pop it in the thing, and then you, you drive your buggy through the store, and then you... When you're done shopping, you return it and you get your money back, which is a nice feeling. But it's just the idea that you've got to go scrounge through the ashtray in the van to go find a quarter to be able to push your kids around through the store. Yes, I frequently yell at my kids because they steal my Aldi quarter in the van. I'm like, no, put that back. We're going to need it. You've got one. (laughs) Well, one or two, but yeah. They're labeled. It's pretty much, but I can be in and out of Aldi in like 20 minutes flat. So it tends to be our favorite place because I don't have to leave Lance for the kids for longer than 30 minutes in that case. All right. So besides Sam's club, why don't you share some of your shining (laughs) moments with the big family specifically, not just the family stuff, right? But specifically from the mommy side. My favorite mommy moments, especially with a big family are just watching the kids interact with each other. They all have their own different dynamics. Um, whether it is my oldest and my youngest or my two middle or the girls or the boys or whichever combination they're in. I love watching them interact and play and have their own relationships and their own, um, their own personalities. I mean, even our youngest who's a year wakes up and immediately looks for his kids, uh, or looks for his siblings. He looks to see where they are. I'm not sure that his first word isn't Luke. <laughs> um, he wants to know and he just lights up. That would be his them. older brother that he shares a bedroom with. Yes. So that's a big deal in his world it to is. wake up and see 
see his brother right there. He does. He looks straight for him. And when Katie Beth gets home from school, they get so excited, bouncing up and down. Katie Beth's home. They're ready to play and do their thing. And that, to me, is probably my my most fun thing about being a mom of a big family is just watching them all interact. They've always got somebody to play with. If one's fussing with the other one, they can just, you know, jumble up and remix and try again with a different combination and do something else and, you know, and leave each other alone, go find somebody else to play with. Um, and also just watching them learn how to do those social interactions and knowing that that could hopefully help, hopefully set them up for success when they need to interact with other people in the world because they have learned some of the different dynamics from each other because they're all so different. Yeah. I think that that's awesome, Sarah. And I sitting here listening to both of you am just, kind of relishing and understanding that it is really cool to see when the family kind of interacts and is firing on all cylinders and seeing uh, the siblings kind of grow together and feed off of each other. Uh, it really is cool. I mean, it can, I know Catherine will call me in the middle of the work day sometimes and just say, you know, I was watching the boys outside play Noah and Lucas and, Noah fell down and hurt his knee, and there were a bunch of other kids around, but Lucas ran to his brother and helped him, and that's just that's just really cool. And uh, it, I, I, I think I could probably ag- agree with both of you that that is a great moment as a dad to see the family kind of coming together and supporting each other. What would you say, Lance? It's, it's interesting thinking that the mother of the family has such a different perspective. You and I talk about what we talk about, but it's almost like every single episode of the show could be all four of us going round robin. Hey, what do you think? Because obviously Bobby, you and Kat will have a different perspective just because of everything, right? Just the nature of life and the environment and all that stuff. And your, your kids are obviously unique beings. They'll be different than our kids. They'll be different than our situations. But I mean, specifically drilling down to the way that a mother looks at her kids, the way that a mother looks at the family as a whole. It's just so much more heart-based instead of head-based and not that there's anything wrong with the dad's perspective that's maybe a little bit more practical or whatever and obviously we'll have variations and fluctuations on on this depending but mommies just think differently and that's a good thing oh absolutely man i'll come home from work and sometimes it's it's all about you know order i i picture myself as the von trap dad sometimes blowing the whistle and all the kids falling in line whereas uh, you know, I'll do bedtime and Catherine will be like, you know, I heard you upstairs and I just think that was a little too military militant. (laughs) Yeah. Like, uh, did you even kiss the kids? Did you do prayers? And I'm like, yeah, we did all that, but it was regimented, (laughs) you know, and she'll, you know, I'll let her do bedtime. And I like the sweet, like sappy bedtime, like coddle you and cut well I say cuddle Bobby's like you're coddling them I'm like "Uh, no it's cuddling them um coddle (laughs) but just kind of that lovey-dovey and so we have a good balance and my kids you know most nights out of the week I went I'm home we kind of share bedtime and then the nights that I work the kids are they probably just know now all right bedtime's gonna be short sweet and to the point I'm not gonna be able to get out of bed four times for a cup of water because dad won't put up with it and mom's not around to give in that kind of thing yeah I think we're gonna do eventually do a show on bedtime I think there's plenty to talk about there and just share some of our experiences how it works for us how it works for the Osbournes and let you guys consider how it works for you all uh, but yeah, it's, it's funny when Catherine does bedtime and I'm downstairs, she, uh, you know, I, I feel like things, things are not going well. I'm there, their kids are running around they're upstairs, you know, I, and I'm downstairs hearing all these footsteps upstairs and I'm like, <laughs> what's going on up there? You've been up there for an hour. Anyway, I'll I, tell you what, we both listen, digress a little bit. Listener beware. Bobby has talked about the bedtime show since oh, before we forever. actually started the podcast. We're never going to do it. It is going to be the Lord of the Rings epic. It, it will be a four hour episode. You should not do it. It's going to be amazing. Because it, it, it's just so easy. You won't go with the easy content here. Come on. All right, mom. So we want to hear if you've got a recent funniest mama moment. I'm, you know, whether it's years ago or just first thing that pops into your head, which one of you has a, something funny that happened to you that has to do with the madness of so many kids 
All right, well, I'll jump in since I'm sitting the closest to Bobby in the microphone. That's um, a good thing because yeah. my wife is also right next to Bobby. And I'm glad that you're closer to him than my wife is. I wish, well, can, should we, can we real quick paint the picture of what's going on here? So it is 11 o'clock at night. We've been working on this podcast for quite a while because we had the William factor that delayed us for a good while. But this is probably part of the reality of big family life was that there was no way this was going to happen while our kids were awake. We knew without a shadow of a doubt that the only opportunity we could do to, to have this podcast together tonight or while they've been in town was the kids totally had to be asleep and in bed and done. And um, and we got to that point, but it was it finally it was at 10:40 p.m. <laughs> so we're eight kids people eight <laughs> <Yeah>. kids <laughs> Although i'm sure some of the people that listen may have their own eight and they're like Psh, big deal man yeah so we've got a uh, kids sharing rooms that don't normally share rooms and but they they did their best and that's just you i think with large families too you just kind of roll with it and you're like it's not perfect it's not pretty but they're sleeping so we're good with it um, okay so funniest mama moment my mom tells me all the time, she's like, you need to have a blog with all these things to write down. And so, of course, now I'm trying to rack my brain through some of those things that she's called me out on. Most recently was just um, Noah, our three-and-a-half-year-old. He, I would call him sometimes our alarmist in the sense that something could happen that is not a big deal, but he comes, like, you know, really intense, running up the stairs, you know, mom, 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 and then whatever is going on. And so what it was two days ago was, I think I was upstairs and he was downstairs. And all of a sudden he's, mom, mom, hurry, hurry. The toilet's about to explode. The toilet's about to explode. And all that it was was that the toilet was clogged, but he had never seen or experienced that before. And all he saw was rising water, and he freaked out, you know. So I like calmly walk upstairs because I'm thinking, you know, what else could it be now with all these boys in the house? And so I said, it's not a big deal. The toilet's clogged. It's going to be just fine. And I did just think of one more funny one. And this is probably the large, another large family um, moment. I've been the days have been, it's been really nice weather, so I've been sending the kids outside. And I William has this little buggy car that you can push with a handle, and so um, I strap him in. And I was like, Lucas, go take William for a walk up and down the driveway. Well, our boys also like to do races down the driveway, and all of a sudden I hear this loud noise is going on, and I go outside. I don't know if this is the funniest. This is probably one of the <laughs> um, more terrifying, yeah, scariest. And um, I hear, you know, lots of noise out going on outside. And I go look, and it is Lucas running full speed, pushing the little buggy car that has my sweet, round, fat little nine-month-old in it, racing Noah, the three-year-old, down the driveway, full speed. And we always joke that Lucas is lightning Lucas, and he was determined to beat Noah, the three-year-old, who was on the tricycle. And so I see, I, like, see my worst nightmare happening in front of my eyes. And I'm like... No, stop, don't, don't, like, stop running. And it was too late. They hit the edge of the driveway. Lucas lets go of the car. It flips over onto its side. William lands on the grass. He starts screaming. You know, I'm like, Lucas, are you kidding me? I can't believe you did that. He runs upstairs. But in their mind, they were all playing together, you know, being siblings. And William, of course, was okay. But I just thought, oh, my gosh, this is life with lots of boys. I love it actually. Being the dad of all that, I'm like, yeah, all the boys gonna get get some scrapes and some bumps together. I like it. What'd you say in the last episode? You said uh, cat had a hashtag for all the the boy oh, stuff. Hashtag boy mom, all that yeah. stuff. Hashtag boy mom. So, yeah, that's fun stuff. Busy with um, a bunch of boys, huh? Didn't you say though? I was gonna ask you, Catherine, and I could be um, mixing stories, but uh, as a result of Noah distracting you didn't something else happen didn't you like burn dinner or something like that wasn't that what was happening well i if we ever get invited back to this podcast as a as a guest uh <laughs> sign in that was more and sarah might be able to relate to this and i want to hear a funniest mom moment too but that was just called um ADD and uh, when it comes to housekeeping. And so I was cooking dinner and then went upstairs to do a load of laundry, but then I saw something that needed to go into our master bedroom, which then reminded me that I had books to put on the bookshelf. 
And so then while I'm putting the books on the bookshelf, I'm smelling something burning. And I'm like, oh, yeah, 15 minutes ago, I was roasting vegetables. And, or, or I was steaming them or sautéing them. That's what I was doing, sautéing vegetables. And so I came downstairs. They were burned to crisp. And I, so I said, well, I guess they're just fire roasted now. <laughs> Yeah, we talk about value from the show, Lance. We should make sure we tell the listeners to have proper insurance when having uh, <laughs> more children, you know, burning houses down. That's real you value. You should totally right get an insurance person as a sponsor. That would be a good one. The next segment is brought to you by Allstate and... Umbrella, umbrella policies. <laughs> All right, Sarah, you got anything coming to mind right now? I mean, I feel like every day in our house is a party, <laughs> a zoo. I mean, we just laugh. I guess one of our most recent sort of funny big family shaking your head kind of moments is I took my kids to a um, dessert social the other night. <laughs> and I took the three big kids thinking, oh, well, this will be fine. It'll be easy. It's so just the three big seven, kids. Seven, four, and three. Seven, four, and three. So we get there late, of course, because we didn't realize what time we were supposed to be there until we were time to leave. We wait in line, which takes forever, it feels like, for a seven, four, and a three-year-old looking at the cookies on the table ahead of them but having to wait their turn. And we get up. We'd already had a decent dinner, so I'm like, one cookie. Pick out one cookie, and then we're going to go sit down. Well, yeah, of course they pick out one cookie, but it's all I can do to keep them from touching every cookie, even though they're not going to put it on their plate. <laughs> no, don't touch that. Put that back. Give that. No, hold your plate up. You're going to drop. Give it back. No, you don't touch that cookie. I mean, running dialogue all the way through the line while they try and decide which cookies. They have to look at all the cookies, and it was supposed to be sort of an ice cream social, so they're like, where's the ice cream, Mommy? Well, we're probably too late for ice cream, or it's not even there. I don't know. Go sit down. Don't drop it. Don't touch the cookie. No more cookies. <laughs> so we get to the table finally sit down okay great i'm i'm excited i'm 33 weeks pregnant now um i'm ready to eat my brownie after all that and mary says mommy i have to go potty i'm gonna go i'm gonna pee in my pants fantastic i'm looking around i'm not really sure where the bathroom is do i take all three of them with me or can i leave katie beth and luke at the table for a second i mean it's a family function they're probably fine so i leave them don't move i'll be right back take mary to the potty where she touches everything because of course that's what kids do Wash your hands, finally get out of there, come back, sit down, take one bite of my brownie. Luke, mommy, I need to go potty. I'm about to potty in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Looking around, can you hold it? No. Okay, well, that's awesome. You're done with your brownie, so of course you need to go. Okay, so here we go again. Repeat previous scenario. Back in the bathroom, Luke's touching everything. We get him all washed up. We're totally done. We head back out. I come back out. Mary and Katie Beth are ready to play games. They've, of course, finished their dessert. And now it's Luke. And my brownie's still sitting there. I'm like, sit still. I need to take two bites of my brownie. Everybody still wants one more now because they're all done. And Mommy's still eating a brownie because they don't understand that just because I still have one doesn't mean that I had another. I just never got to my first one. So we finally finished it. Get everybody Got their plates up, get everything thrown away, start to go to games. Repeat similar scenarios with that. No, stand in line. Don't move. See the people in front of you? Okay, stand still. Don't move. No, you have to wait your turn. Over and over. And, I mean, you can't do anything other than just laugh because in every line they had to wait their turn three times with each kid because we had to wait for everybody to get their face painted or everybody to get the tattoo or whichever. And that was just us, let alone the people we had to wait for before us. So I love hearing the story because I got the highlights <laughs> from you, but I didn't get, I didn't get the extended cut. I didn't get the director's cut of what happened. <laughs> it was... Here I am. I'm staying home with our 14 month old Tyler. And I'm thinking, man, Sarah's got it made. She's hanging out at the dessert social. She's running around. She's talking to our friends. The kids are off playing. She's having a girl's night. That's nope. what's going on. And I'm stuck here with the 14-year-old. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. I saw a couple moms I knew who were doing the same thing I was doing. And several of them had their husband with them, so they had them to talk to. And it was, it was, it was a madhouse. <laughs> but yes, it was supposed to be easy with the three big kids. But, it wasn't. but you got a great story out of it. Yes, it was. It was a very funny story. All right. So there might be a, a story in here on this one, too. Uh, since you've got the mic, I'm going to ask you, what should husbands know, myself included, but maybe just generally, what should husbands know about parenting a big family that they're completely clueless about? What? And feel free to speak to me or maybe more broadly, like generally speaking, 
like what don't husbands know that the mom has the, this this amazing perspective because again kind of going back to the head versus heart stuff what does a mom know that a dad is clueless about um i think you have a pretty good insight because you spend a lot of time with our kids for the most part but i i feel like sometimes you all don't know what's going on in our brains the amount of multitasking that happens while I am doing who knows what, cooking dinner while somebody is at my feet screaming or not or um, looking for something else, always in the back of my mind, where are each kids and what are they doing and what are they about to do, <laughs> which sometimes I feel like sometimes y'all just kind of live in the moment and you just roll with it as it shows up. But I am always thinking, Oh, somebody just went upstairs. I'm waiting for the big crash that will inevitably happen because I saw them go up there. And a few minutes later, yep, there's the crash. And you're like, how did you know that? Because I saw them walk up there 30 seconds ago and I was waiting for it because I knew it would happen. Even though I've got four dinner things going in and out and somebody else screaming and, oh, there went Mary or a different kid in another direction. So there's another 30 seconds later timer that went off in my head because I'll need to check on that in a minute too. I mean, beyond just daily chores and laundry and dishes and crazy things like that, just the amount of keeping up with in the back of my mind, where are all my kids? And knowing where I just saw them go, when will I need to check on them again? Because I know how long I have before they make it into the street or they make it upstairs into the toilet in Tyler's case probably or wherever so that I can go check on that when the time comes. So the clutch it's question, crazy. what can dads do to help the mamas in that case? Because if we're clueless about the multitasking that's going on up here Right. If you're aware of all that stuff, I mean, true, you can say, just be more aware, just be more ready. Yes. That's what I was going to say. But like just from a practical a standpoint, yeah, right. <laughs> Here's right. your clue. Can you take just it? Just win the lottery. You need more money? Just win the lottery. <laughs> that's easy. Get a clue. Um, I mean, I think sometimes that's just something that I have to do on my part is give you a clue. Sometimes if I know somebody's heading up there, hey, can you check on that? I know they're about to get into X, Y, Z. And sometimes you're surprised that I know that. Sometimes you're not. But Sometimes I just have to just hand you a clue if you're not paying attention. <laughs> Let's pass it over to Kat. Kat, same question. What do you think? Um, well, you know, one thing, well, I was sitting here thinking about the first part of the question, but then when you said, you know, what could we do to help with the, you know, kind of pitching <laughs> in. Kat's going to forget the whole part. She's not even going to talk about our, our weakness. She's going to go to the solution. <laughs> hey, hey, Bobby's right here. So just well, look at him. There is, well, one thing that has significantly changed from have been going from three to four kids that I have heard myself say to Bobby a couple times or this phrase that we've talked about in our house a couple times has been like the words mental burden. And so, uh, for instance, the boys are very involved in soccer and Bobby, as you all have probably developed at this point, a hint that Bobby loves soccer. And so one of the things that Bobby was showing me was here are the boys soccer bags. And if we could just always make sure that it has their cleats, their shoes, their shin guards, a water bottle, you know, it's all Always ready to go. And I said, hey, you know what? I know that you love soccer. And this is kind of your special thing with the boys. So it would help me a lot if this became your thing. I was like, because then it will alleviate that mental burden for me of one more thing that I have to kind of be responsible for as far as, you know, making sure I know where the shoes are and making sure I know where the shin guards are and all the different sports equipment. And it wasn't in a, you know, um, an ugly way, but I just thought this is something that you could kind of take over to where I can just close that part of my brain off and know that every Saturday when we show up for soccer, that that soccer bag is taken care of because I have, you know, we have delegated it as Bobby's baby, you know, with the soccer um, gear for the kids. So that, that was just one specific example. But I would say what your husbands know about parenting a big family that they're clueless about. Gosh, I mean... I can't think of a super great answer off the top of my head. I guess the one thing I was just thinking was flipping it around a little bit and just realizing that through communication, Bobby and I have been able to kind of realize there are certain things that it would be super helpful with all the little kids running around if there are key things that we can kind of delegate to each other so that, or if, for instance, Bobby will in the morning be like, hey, where are the kids' shoes? 
And I'm like, hey, before you ask me that, would you mind looking in the shoe basket first? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so then we can just make sure that if they're there, then I don't have to have that thought running through my mind of, crap, do we not know where the shoes are? Or are they in the shoe basket? But Bobby just wanted to double check before he went searching through the house, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so we've just shared, we've just shared kind of the delegation of certain roles um, to where it just helps. It helps us kind of ease all the things that are else that might might be thinking about. That's awesome, girls. I, I would say, from my perspective, Lance, if you'd ask me that question, what am I clueless about? I can say that it's how much these moms do uh, in a given twenty-four hour period uh, for our families without complaining. Without complaining, and and if they're comp they don't complain, they just need to vent, and we just need to listen. We don't need to solve the problem. We don't need to fix it. We don't need to fix it. So we talk about that a lot, too. If I get a phone call at work, it's don't do anything. Don't come home. Don't <laughs> fix it. Just hear me out. And I'm like, thank you. Okay. I hope your day is better. I love you. Goodbye. Anyway, um, that's it. That's the answer. I, the, everything's happening at once. The Sarah story was awesome. Uh, and uh, the, I know Lance and I can can relate on a, a smaller level, but we can relate. And maybe Lance more so than I. But um, everything happens at once when when the when everything hits the fan. I'll say it the nice way. Uh, it it's all happening at one time, and so the moms are handling that all the time. So uh, thanks, ladies. Um, last question here, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, you know, Lance and I have taking this on to, you know, ha have this podcast called Above Average uh, about families with three or plus three or more kids. And we just, it's fun for us. It's kind of a hobby. We hope there's value uh, for our listeners. But how, what is it from you guys' perspective? Like, um, tell us, you know, why you're supporting us in this and uh, just take it from there. Yeah, when Bobby and Lance kind of first, or Bobby, kind of shared with me this idea that Lance had, at first my brain went to the logistics of, you know, how will we be able to make this manage and make it work as far as the commitment of time. But we have. We've we've made that commitment of time because I'm realizing the importance of this, this podcast and the value in it. You know, the family is truly just the foundation of society, and everything centers around family, um, around the family, um, the security for the children, just the um, the well-being of you know the spouses. It all comes back to the dynamic of the family, and so I felt really I feel really proud of Lance and Bobby for reaching out to find this niche of the the large family dynamic and our role in society and and how we function you know in a society that kind of serves the uh, gravitates more towards families with smaller sizes and yet we are we're there as this shining light to show the joy of life and so I love it I I do I, I love supporting Bobby and Lance in this endeavor and and I hope it takes off well because I think they have a lot of really really wonderful things to share and and a lot of it is funny and lighthearted but when it really boils down to it you know it's to um to share the joy that there can be found and and having lots of kids that you know bobby and i always joke that you know that when we grow older and and die one day you know we we hope that our that what will roll off our lips is not a hope that we um you know had had that we didn't have so many children but that we had had more children sarah I, I love it. I am super excited that they've got this passion and um, and I'm enjoying listening to them as they formulate these podcasts. I love that we can reach out to other families that are maybe dealing with some of the same things we are and um, maybe and hear downs, right? back from them. Yeah, ups and downs because sometimes it's hard when there's not a whole lot of other families dealing with the same somewhat unique challenges that we're getting with more kids with different age gaps because of the number of kids and also just um, different challenges as far as dealing with them. I mean, we are outnumbered. <laughs> and as we've talked about before, um, the average family is kind of a two on two sort of deal and we're, we're past that. And so it's fun. Um, it's fun listening to them and hearing their perspective on things, um, and how big families are for them, but also reaching out to other people so that they have that resource maybe and, and something to, to think about as well. 
Yeah. Well, I, th- I think on that note, Bobby, we can probably bring this one in for landing. And I will just yeah. say to both of you, but I mean, especially to my wife, who's who's constantly sacrificing going, oh, so you're going to edit another podcast. That's awesome. Great. Thanks a lot. We really appreciate the support there. Um, but even if it's just us listening or our close circle of friends or their friends and their friends, whatever it is, whatever that small group of people would be, we feel like we are getting so much value out of this. Bobby and I are. Because it's making us better fathers. It's making us better parents. Hopefully better husbands as we support you guys, as we support the ton of kids that's running around our house. The pitter-patter of little feet is a great sound. But sometimes it can be a little overwhelming. So what can we do to jump in to not only like fix things or not only to you know be another set of hands, but to actually take time to, to revel in that, to appreciate it, to live in the moment, all that stuff. And I think talking about it on a regular basis helps us. So that's really the the purpose of the entire podcast is to sit here and share these conversations that usually Bobby and I are having, but in this case, all four of us are having going, there's a lot on our shoulders, but it's really important to live in the day to day and to appreciate that because not only is it important in the short term, but it's important in the long term. Like you guys have both said, longer term, we're going to look back going, it's awesome that we had X number of kids, whatever that X ends up being in our cases. But you know, the, for the folks who are listening, whether they've got 10 kids or four kids or whatever their magic number is and whether or not they continue to add to their families, like at some point towards the end of their life, they're going to look back on, I have no regrets. I'm so happy that I brought Susie into the world or that I brought Johnny into the world or whatever it is. Right. That's what it's all about. And so cat, uh, I love it. What you said about just that, that light, bringing that joy, sharing that joy. Um, and anyway, kind of going back to probably the intro episode, the purpose of this is sharing that, giving us that platform and doing that, doing it in this case, in the podcast platform, there's something that, uh, is really special about this and nobody's talking about it using that platform yet. And here we are. So anyway, thank you guys for your love. Thank you for your support and thank you for your patience as we put all this stuff together. Yeah, absolutely. I'll I'll echo all of that. Thank you so much, uh, ladies, and thank you for the times that uh, you guys take. I'm going to say it again, Lance. Bedtime. <laughs> take bedtime a Coming little soon. bit on your own so that we can start a podcast. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, Catherine wants to say something. Oh no, I was just going to say thanks for having us. And it, it only cost Bobby. All he had to do is make Sarah and I a couple dozen chocolate chip cookies homemade. And then we said we would get started. And so Lance was ready to rock and roll. And we said, no, we need 12 more minutes for the cookies <laughs> to get done out of the oven. That's no so joke. So we've been uh, enjoying munching on some cookies in between answering questions. And we had a community glass of milk. <laughs> yeah, no joke. I can I can bake some cookies. Full disclosure. They're awesome cookies. And uh, I was just going to say, this was fun, Lance. I enjoyed this. Uh, it's going to, I don't know if it's going to be boring going back to just me and you bantering <laughs> back and forth for, with each other. Can we do this every time? Uh, if we talk about bedtime <laughs> at some point, we're never going to do a bedtime story or show or whatever we're going to call it. We're not going to do it. We're just going to tease it. We will at some point. It might be a hundred episodes from now, but we will at some point. Hey, let's, uh, let's go ahead and wrap this one up. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, obviously Kat, Sarah, Bobby, thank you for making this happen. Uh, but really, we, we really appreciate the listeners who take the time to download this and to check this out and to share it with their friends and to leave a rating or leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher or any of that stuff. It's really important to us that uh, we, we share this message in the right way. We share it with the right community of folks who, who will appreciate it, to be quite honest, who will appreciate it and get it and kind of be on the same page as us. Um, but speaking of being on the same page as us, we'd love to hear your feedback. Are we on point with this stuff? Are we missing the mark? Let us know. You can email us at the above average show at gmail.com. And of course you can figure out about a thousand other different ways to contact us over at above average show.com. Uh, lastly, because we always do this, you can also hit us up on Twitter. My, uh, my thing over there is at Osborne O S B O R N E. I noticed in the last episode, I said my thing, my username handle my Twitter handle. My Twitter handle. There you go. At where Osborne. Be, where you can be tweeted. You can tweet me at at Osborne O S B O R N E. And Bobby, you're over there too every now and then. Yes, at B Earhart. That's B E H R. 
Why? You can't interrupt us when we're trying to spell our last name. It takes a lot of concentration. You know what, Lance? I was sitting here thinking before you did that. I was sitting here thinking, we don't have to laugh and do the thing this time where we laugh about my last name. You should have told me that in advance. I, it's in the show notes. It's B E H R B E H R H A R D T. Bear heart. <laughs> anyway, we wanted to introduce the wives to you tonight. That's what we did. And uh, so, yeah, with that, we will end it. Thank you for doing what you do. And thank you for raising a family that is above average. We'll see you all next time.